One of the things that people continue to tell me about our community, I think, Cheryl, what you were saying, that there's something here where everybody gets to play, where I'll have a voice. And, uh, and I just love to hear your voices and to hear what, what God's been saying to each of you. So, man, it's beautiful. Um, think back on 2014, just for a minute. What do you think you will remember? Think about each month, right? And just think back. I remember a whole bunch of stuff from this last year for us as a church family and for us as a, as an, uh, as a family family, but a couple of those shots are up here. Remember Thanksgiving? Thank you, Michelle, for all your work on that and Brian and... And I remember some baptisms on the beach at Carpinteria. I remember a house built in Mexico. And um, man, that was just a blast. And I remember sitting around the fire at that Mexico trip, and I, there was a guy who came out in a wrestling outfit with a mask and the whole Nacho Libra thing and just started gra- you know, attacking us. It was, it was Peter Pavia. It was one of our team members. But... Um, this is a picture from, uh, from the picnic in the park. How many of you guys did church in the park this summer? First Sunday of every week. And the water slide just turned out to be this golden moment for all the kids. And, and actually, I don't know if you noticed, but Sarah Kappen went down and so did Dave. So it was just a pretty beautiful year. But I think about each of us, I, I think about my last year, what do you think, if, if you were to look at 2014 for yourself, Shane, Dina, what would the story be? Let's say it was a, a book or a short story. Would it be a drama? Would it be a romance? Would it be a comedy? Would it be a tragedy? Right? Maybe all of them. So a thriller? Now think about your life as a story. Now here's the other, other question about your life as a story. Um, where's Jesus in the story? So if we think about 2014, you know, thinking about my life, I, I think I, my, my year was pretty eclectic, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I would say Jesus was the hero in the story, where there were times when he swooped in and rescued me or us from something, and there were other times when we're going through this thing and we feel like, you know, he sent us a letter at the right moment, or, you know, was Jesus a main character or the hero in your story? Or was he more like an extra, and he didn't even have any spoken lines, right? Where he just, I like that, maybe he's the director of the story. Now think about, I want, I want you to um, think about this verse. This is really interesting from 2 Corinthians 3. It says, you show that you're a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Have you ever thought about your life as an autobiography written by Jesus. Your life is a story that other people can see, that has pictures. I love books with pictures. It has pictures of God at work. We heard some of those stories today. It has poems. It has songs. It has 
problems that are solved. It has problems that are not yet solved. But the world can see the story that Jesus is writing in you if you allow them to see it especially. Now check out the same verse in the message. I love this. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And Paul speaking, we publish it. Now, the comparison here, speaking to a Jewish audience, is the Ten Commandments carved, as it says in the Old Testament, by the finger of God, right? Wow. And that is the same picture that he says that's, that's your life too, that God is carving in you his story. He's carving something in you. And the interesting thing is what he's carving in you is totally different than what he's doing in me. We're all totally unique. Our history, our story with Jesus is, com- is totally different. Just like every marriage is different, every relationship with God is different. Each of us have a unique story, and he is writing it. And, and I, I feel like it's kind of like this. It's like each of our story is a different picture, uh, a different color almost, or a different texture. Um, I, I found this picture of a tapestry. This is in a church, and each person is represented by a different color. And I thought that was a really interesting thing because all of our stories it's not just individually that sean jesus is writing this thing and isn't that great for sean i mean that is but he's writing all of our stories and bringing us together for this purpose so that he's displaying this picture of who he is to the community in a way that makes more sense than just one and how cool that we get to live in a community where there are a lot of us that are believers, that, that we get to make up this corporate story of His grace and His goodness and His provision and His leadership in our lives. And that the community gets to look at us. And Jesus said that they will know that, we, that He came by our unity, by our love for each other. And by the community of believers, the, the, the city notices that Jesus is real. And, he, and the community can read our story. Does that make sense? So all of our stories together tell the world who Jesus is here and in Kenya and in Mexico and in El Salvador and all the places that Elmer will go this year and in Nepal. And it's incredible to see that the story is not just here for Newbury Park in the Caneo Valley, but it extends also. Now, I was thinking about my story this past year, and, and I felt like I, I had some great time this week to just say, Lord, show me what you've done in me. What is it? Because it's, it's kind of crazy if I come and put you guys on the spot and say, I want you to think about what God's done with you this year, and re- rather than also, because re- I'm part of us, right? So I feel like God's allowed me to really look at what he's been writing in me this year. And it's been really kind of a crazy year. It's almost like one of those novels that you pick up and somebody recommended it and you start reading and you're like, what? What in the world is going on? And there are like three or four stories going at the same time and you're like, I hate this, right? 
And then, and then eventually the, the author starts to bring those things together and you're like, oh, right? The multiple storylines are starting to come together. I feel like that's kind of my year. I feel like my year started very scattered and all these different things happening. And then over the year, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus has, has brought the stories together. I've been like, oh, now I see what you've been doing in me. And I feel like there are a couple of big themes for me this year. One is family. I feel like God's been showing me my kids. And it's just like, as I've slowed down a little bit, I've had time with each kid. And sometimes the, the, those things are weird. It, it's like my son Luke, he likes to talk at midnight. Like if I try to like say, how you doing at noon? I don't get anything. But at like 12, 30, 1, 15, he's like, yeah, what's going on? That's annoying. <laughs> but I feel like God has shown me, like, if you want to spend time with your son, then stay up. Get, get on his calendar and spend a little time with him. And it's interesting to just see, I've spent some great times just, ch I had another great chat with him yesterday. Um, and then Josh, through this concussion that's just been like freaking us out, he's doing finally better, thank you for praying. I've had some times with him that I wouldn't have had because he can't do anything else. <laughs> he can't watch TV, he can't play video games, he can't play sports, he can't... So he's literally sitting there, right? And frustrated. So we've had... And, and I feel like with Bella, it's just been such an such a, a awesome... When she'll say, let's go play catch or let's go do this or let's... Um, we literally had, we had to play spy. Now, I'm too old for spy, but she laid out all these weapons and all these spy gear things. Stacy came home one night, and we we're playing spy in the house. So we're hunting each other, right? And Stacy comes into this game like, what in the world are you doing? But what I was doing was I put down my work, and I focused on Bella for a little while, and I said, what do you want to do? And then she told me, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> but I did it anyway. And I feel like God's just directed my attention towards the kids. The other thing that's been really fun is I feel like God's directed my attention towards my wife in a really beautiful way this year. And I feel like I've been able to celebrate you and just enjoy my wife rather than try to figure her out. <laughs> because guys, we like to figure things out, right? And there are some parts of my wife that I will never understand. That's just true. She's a deep processor and she thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks and kind of never stops. And, and then she's also somebody who is not totally at home on earth. So there's like, she has one foot in heaven all the time and I don't get that, you know? And there are times when she's frustrated with normal life and I'm like, deal with it. I mean, we live here on planet Earth. We're not there yet. And so we have these conversations, but I feel like it's been great because I've been able to learn what it's like to really live in that tension of heaven and earth. And another theme that has come out for me this last year has been in my relationship with God. I feel like, I feel like he's been writing a story that is um, kind of like removing fear. And I feel like I've, I've come out of, I feel like at the beginning of the year and, and into, end of last year, I was pretty fearful. And, and I, I feel like I was motivated by trying not to screw up and just being afraid that I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to lead the wrong way, I'm going to do this wrong. And I feel like the Lord has just been cleaning that and going, 
No, I want you to just have courage and just rest in my grace. It's going to be all right. Hey, you rock. So, So I feel like I'm learning to trust him. And I feel like I've been pressing in and, and trying to understand what's it like to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And um, I watched that Holy Spirit movie, which was actually pretty good. And I spent some time with a lot of people that are, are just trying to press into the Lord in a way that's appropriate and supernatural at the same time. Because it just seems like some people go so hog wild crazy and some people are so afraid of this whole subject of the Holy Spirit that it's just become this minefield. And that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to live a supernatural life, otherwise this book doesn't make any sense. Does that make sense? So I feel like I've been really pressing in and just trying to say, Lord, lead me. And a lot of that's been through hiking and listening and getting up on top of mountains and just, Brian, you love getting up on mountains. There's something about getting up on a mountain and looking down on the community and just praying. And you can just sense the Lord's heart for our city. Now, the last one is this. I, I feel like this big other theme that the Lord's been writing in me is, is about ministry. I did a really dumb thing two weeks ago. You want me to tell you? Do you see that fireplace right there? So I wanted a fireplace for Christmas Eve because I just thought, you know, I'm going to tell a story to the kids. How cool would it be to have a fireplace? And so I, I asked, and nobody had one, so I looked it up on Craigslist, and I bought a fireplace. Because I wanted a fireplace here, and I figured I could sell it after Christmas, no sweat. So what did I do? I went and picked it up. It's heavy. I have a really bad back. So for you guys, well, no, for me, I got a fireplace here on Christmas Eve, and I've been paying for it ever since. But I feel like the Lord has been trying to teach me, dude, ask for help. If, if you've got to do the fireplace, don't do it unless you have help. If you're going to go to the hotel, don't do it unless you have help. If you're going to go to Oxnard, if you're going to go to Mexico, if you're going to go create something, if you're going to start a ministry, if you're gonna... ask for help. Duh, I haven't been asking for help. So I really feel like the Lord is speaking to me clearly, clearly in my back, that I need to invite people into serving him, and we need to do this together. And if we need to do a fireplace or not, that's not really the point. The point is, let's serve him together this year. And I need to do a better job. I'm committing before you to do a better job of saying, hey, do you want to do this with me? Or do you guys want to do this? And I'll just cheer you on as you do it. Now, one other thing that really hit me this year with ministry is this. I was sitting, how many of you know Mike, Mark Gozer? Mark and Deb, he usually sits right there. You're sitting in his seat. So Mark got, got married this past year, so cool. And um, I was sitting at Sharky's in Newbury Park having the Harvest Quinoa Salad, which is fantastic. And, um, and we were talking about life calling. And I, I, it was... Something amazing happened that, that day in lunch. I realized what my calling is. And I had not put, it had not been articulated in, uh, for me, but it, it was to pastor the city. And I'd always pictured myself pastoring a church and, you know, just, you know, punching the clock, like doing what I was trained in seminary to do, in cemetery to do. And then, and then I realized in this lunch at at Sharky's that 
the Lord has given me this heart to see the city reached and to see the county reached and that it's one church of the city and it's not just about Caneo Church takes over everything. It's like, no, Jesus has one church, one bride. Somebody once said that Jesus is not returning for a harem, he's returning for a bride, right? That's funny. <laughs> so so it's, I just felt like, I felt like this cloud was lifted over this lunch that, oh, that's why I get frustrated by this and this and this, and that's why I feel called to get other leaders together and engage them in the cause. So it's been so cool that a couple times this year I've been able to gather the Newbury Park pastors and leaders and get them up on top of a hill and pray for the city, and we did this before Christmas Eve, and it was beautiful. And a couple of those leaders just said, like, thank you. I feel like I'm part of something. I feel like we're, we're engaged together in this cause. And they felt like they were released into their calling in the city. When we get together and pray together, they, they felt em, empowered and motivated and, and unlocked in a way. And so I really feel like God, God is clarifying some stuff as he's writing this story in me. And here's the other thing that relates to that about pastoring the city that's part of your calling. I think there are two pieces of this. One is, we are called to shepherd this city. It's not Kirk's job. How crazy is that? Like, I can pastor a city? No, but God is calling Conejo Church to have your influence, like Rob, you at the ER. Jesus would love spending time at the ER, probably more than sitting here. But God wants to call you guys and help you. He wants you to understand your calling and your purpose and your ministry and how you're going to serve out there and shepherd in your neighborhood and in your apartment complex and in your place of work and at school and lead people to Jesus out there. So a lot of this moment for me of shepherding the city, it's, that's ours. That's not just mine. But in 2015, I, I want to be very committed to help you figure out your calling and your gifts and how the Lord wants to use you. And you've probably heard us say this here before, but the picture of Caneo Church is not a Sunday morning powwow and gathering. That's part of it. But it's really the church gathered and then the church scattered because we really need to be a hub with spokes. And you guys are the spokes that go out and serve Jesus all over this community. That is what he is calling us to do. Now, this next year, I just feel like God wants to use my life and yours to reach hundreds and hundreds of people for his kingdom. And, and a lot of it's going to be through your story. People are going to ask you, how did 2014 go? What are you looking for in the new year? You're going to have opportunities to share all kinds of stuff over this next couple of weeks about what has God done. And there's something amazing that happens when I share my story with you. It's like an olive branch. It's like I'm giving you permission. I'm, I'm like saying peace. I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you about my year. And then you know what's going to happen? They're going to tell you about their, their year. It just happens. The other thing that happens when I'm telling my story like I just did of what God's been teaching me, and I see him at work. And how easy it is to forget what God has done. But if I'm telling you what God has done, then I have, to, like, I have to bring it to memory. There's this really neat word in Hebrew for remember. Remember means to make alive, to bring to life, to bring current. 
So when I remember what God has done, when I'm telling you my story, it makes it real now. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you to tell your story because it makes what Jesus is doing real now. Revelation 12, I'm going to finish with this. They triumphed over him. This is talking about Satan. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. When you tell your story of Jesus at work, you know what happens? You kick your enemy in the teeth. You push him out of our community. You gradually gain ground for Jesus' kingdom when you tell the story of Jesus at work in your life. There is great power in your story. Amen? Amen. Now, one thing can hold us back as we look at 2015. That is fear. When Bob was sharing, when a couple of you guys were sharing, there's something about looking at next year and just being like, I don't know what it's going to bring. Yes, that's true. But if we're going to look at what does the Lord want to do in our lives and through our lives next year, we can't start with anxiety. So we're going we're gonna to do an interesting offering right now. Um, there should be some baskets with three-by-five cards and pens. So can we have like four of you guys start passing those out? I want you to write down something that you're... This is anonymous. Do not put your name on it, please. Write down something as you look at 2015 that you're kind of scared about. Some concern, some anxiety, some worry that you're like, I don't know, job, relationship, family, court case, you know, kids, grandma, whatever, whatever this thing is. And if I want everybody to play. So if you don't have that thought in your mind of what is that particular worry for next year, and it's just generalized, you're just anxious, you could just write anxiety. You could write fear. You could write, I have no idea, but oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. And I want to have Lucas come up here, and he's going to lead us in a last song. And, um, and as we're doing this last song, I want to have, um, is he in here? Hey, buddy. So as we're doing this last song, what we're going to do is you're going to bring those cards up here and you're going to lay them right here at the foot of the cross. And I want you, if you're physically able to, to just kneel down for a second and deliver these things before the Lord and just get rid of that worry and just get rid of that anxiety as we go into this next year. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about one word for 2015. How many of you here last year when we did one word? Do you remember that on a rock? We're going to do that same exercise again. So if you want to bring your rock from 2014, or if you want to just call into, into to your mind what your word was last year, mine was breakthrough. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what that has meant to me this last year. And it's been amazing how much power was in just that one little word that the Lord gave some of you last year. Now, here's what I want you to do. Don't just, don't just show up next Sunday. Have a dialogue with Jesus this week about 2015 and say, Lord, what do you want this year to be for me? 
what story do you want to be writing in my life? And here's, if you want extra credit, ask him for a verse. Say, Lord, I would just love to tie this to something in Scripture that you want my life to be X, Y, Z, and I would love for it to tie to something where I can just continue to go back to that verse and just find hope and meaning and direction from your word. Okay? So as we sing this last song, drop off some anxieties and some worries right over there about next year.